0: Is it recording now? Okay. So, welcome to this episode. My name is Daisy and I'm going to be the host for this
1: episode. Yeah. And these are my co hosts. Hi, I'm Maria Angelina. I'm Dulce. Hello, I'm Chella.
0: Yeah, in this episode we're gonna be talking about UCs and CSUs. So to start off, I'm gonna say what a UC is, which is a University of California, and they were established in 1868 and they opened in Oakland. Their first, the first school opened in opened in Oakland, but moved to Berkeley, and now known you as UC Berkeley. There's 10 UCs, but one of the UCs, which is UC San Francisco, is only for graduate. For graduates and the tip, uh, typically the UCs are larger than CSUs, and they have uh, more than twenty thousand students. And they're seen as more prestigious and top ranked because they're more competitive to get into. Their acceptance rates, some of their uh, acceptance rates are really low, but like UC Merced and UC Riverside, there and UC Santa Cruz, they're um acceptance rates are over 50 percent but the rest of the UCs are lower their percentages are lower and they're also considered to be some of the best public universities in the nation and they're more research-based and academic uh publishing and I just wanted to ask you guys like what do you guys think of UCs or what what have you guys heard about them
1: Um, I, I, I just always use teachers
2: harder to get into than, um, uh, teachers and, um, community um, college, um, other acceptance rates is pretty, uh, um, and I like some like I would say like not achievable, but they have like some um very hard requirements. What's the way? I forgot the word, but they have like really like hard requirements that we have to um meet.
1: Mm-hmm. I just want to add on like yeah, I've heard the
0: exact same thing. Um UCs are harder to get into than CSUs and they're yeah, like I said, they're typically uh, seen as more prestigious and competitive.
1: I personally really like the UCs.
0: I like how
3: it's research based, and you could do research there. I like that it's a for a lot of students, it'll be like a cheaper option. And for at least the UCs, like cheaper doesn't mean like like less prestigious. Because I know like a lot of people are like, oh, like go to private schools and that's where the, all the procedures at. And I really like private schools as well. But um, well, it's like nothing to snooze at. And then the CSUs, I also think are great. I think they combine the benefits of the UCs and the, oh, well, we're just talking about uh, CSUs right now. My bad. I'll say we're that talking about UCs right now. Yeah. UCs. Sorry. Yeah. I'll save the CSU comments for later. Okay. Um, but I really like them. I, I like how how their culture is like really strong in almost all of the UCs, like like the sports and just the student life. It's really solid. I love it.
4: Yes, as everyone has already stated, I agree. I also think that UCs are a very good choice um, and they're very much research-based and then there are different options um, around California that, I feel like each UC is different in its own way and very specific and just like the environment and the vibe you'll get. So being able to kind of research and learn, I feel like you'll be able to get different things from the schools um, that you choose if you decide to go to a UC. Yeah,
0: like you guys all said, the UCs, every school has a different like vibe. So they're all different, but similar. Uh, so for CSUs, uh, they were established in 1857 with uh, San Jose State being the oldest campus. And there's currently 23 CSUs and every CSU school, school, there are schools. Uh, like I was saying, uh, every CSU school undergrad enrollment varies. Like some schools can have a really large population and other schools can have A really small population, like I was reading that the uh, CSU San Bernardino, am I saying it wrong? Bernardino, uh, their enrollment was like a thousand. Yeah, so it can vary. And they're also the largest public four-year university system in the U.S. uh, because of the amount of schools there are. And they aren't considered as competitive as UCs. And they aren't considered as prestigious as UCs. And uh, I was going to quote Hannah Muniz. Uh, She made a blog on blog.prepscholar.com. And she said, they're known for catering to minorities and uh, low-income students. And they help develop practical skills that can lead um, students to Professions after college. So, with this, like, what do you guys think
1: of CSUs or have heard about them? Um. Well,
2: from what I've like, I so I've heard that CSUs are I want to say like less than UCs, but like I I know that's wrong, but it's just the fact like the stigma they had and the way they're talked about, like they seem, like, so less than, like, they're not the same. They don't have a, they don't teach the same freaking um, education level, you know? Yeah. So I heard that.
1: Yeah, I've also heard that, too. And I
0: feel like every school or every system that we have in California is one up. So, but uh, if you go to a community college, Oh, it's not as good as a CSU. You go to a CSU. Oh, it's not as good as the UC. Oh, you go to a UC. It's not a good. Not as good as a private school. Like nothing is ever satisfied here.
1: I also like how CSU. Something that I like about CSUs is the amount of CSUs that there are.
4: I mean, they are state schools, but there's still um, a huge difference compared to how many. CSUs to UCs, because UCs is about like nine. And then for CSUs, I don't know exactly, but there are way more than nine. And just the range of things I feel like that you can do in each of these um, schools. And yes, prestige does come with going to a UC, but like some of these CSUs are also very hard to get into. And they're also very um, well-known. so, CSU, at least they do have some prestige. But then again, in California, I feel like prestige is very different because school systems and the amount of money that they have also make a big difference.
3: Um, I agree with Dulce. I... I don't know why they died. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of Dulce. Uh, to start off with like the things I like about the CSUs, I think they're the they're a great combination between a private and a UC. What I mean by that is they do have smaller class sizes a lot of the time and there's like I'm gonna piggyback off what Dulce said uh, but before that what I like about the CSUs is that it's kind of a combination between a private and a, and a UC. What I mean by that is they offer like smaller class sizes and more of that one-on-one that you could get at a private school a lot of the times, but also they have like a public school, like it's cheaper than actually going to sometimes a private and a UC. So it really just, just depends on your financial aid. But what I will say is again, it's, going to a CSU at times can mean like people think like you're giving up on, a, on like prestige and depending on who you are, like that could be really important. That being said, like Dulce said, there's a lot of CSUs that are definitely really competitive, especially for specific majors. Like Cal Poly Slow is one of the best engineering schools. And if like you get in there through engineering, then it's like, you, you, you've done it, you've made it. Um, and then uh, SDSU is another really competitive uh, CSU. So I mean, they're they're both great options to be public schools. I'm definitely really biased just because I've grown up in California as these other girls. And
0: I think they're great options. All right. Um, yeah, like I definitely agree with all you guys. And I liked how Maria made that comparison. Um, so from the blog that I quoted from, they told me uh, the average tuition and fees and so for you, uh, for you the average in-state tuition is fourteen thousand one hundred, and the out-of-state uh, tuition is forty-three thousand eight hundred. And for yeah, it's a big change. Um, um, in a CSU, the average of in-state tuition is six thousand seven hundred eighty-two, and for the out-of-state is sixteen thousand two hundred eighty-six um so I was going to ask you guys what do you guys think about UCs being viewed uh as more prestigious than UCs as CSUs I mean um
1: but you guys kind of touched on that and if you guys want to add on I was just going to say
3: Not all of the UCs are super prestigious. Like, I know everyone has something to say, and it was just, like, what Daisy was talking about, I believe, where it was, like, here in California, like, nothing's ever good enough or just, like, with the college system in general because, like, there's UC Merced, there's UC Riverside, and people always have a problem with those. I think the same thing goes for, like, CSUs, like – Yes, there are some, some CSUs that are easier to get into, but that doesn't mean that all of them are like that. Like Dulce and I had previously mentioned, like there is some really competitive CSUs. That being said, again, I think at the end of the day, it's really just, if your plan is to go to a four year, honestly, it's just getting to a four year. And I know at least from my experience, feeling like I had to go to a prestigious school, because that's what I was working for. And that was the mindset that everyone told me to have. It, It messed me up because I felt that if I didn't get into these top schools, like I was unsuccessful. And I wouldn't view that on anyone else. Like it was just a me thing. Like for anyone else going to like a CSU, like it was like, wow, great. Like, I'm so proud of you, but I couldn't say the same thing about myself.
0: I definitely agree with you. Like I have the mentality too of going to really good schools or trying to get into really good schools because that's the pressure that they put on you for being a good student in high school and in middle school and I always like pushed myself down or always thought that my work was never good enough but I believe that you should go to school whatever you think you whatever you think you feel best at and uh Dulce has her hand raised so
4: what would you like to say yeah, I just want to say that very close to what, like, Maria Angelina was saying, I feel like um, in terms of, like, our economics, class, it's a very much of a supply and, like, demand type of thing. So many students want to go to UC Berkeley, UCLA, compared to the amount of students that want to go to UC Merced or UC, like, Riverside. It's very different. So your chances of getting in are, they change. Um, sometimes dramatically, but to that, I would say they're all in the same kind of like system. So, to me, how I view them is they're very much closely the same, but because of the amount of people who want to go to these bigger schools, is be the amount of resources that yes, they'll get, but essentially, you're still going to a very similar school, which is very also close to a CSU because at the end of the day, you're everyone who goes to UC or CSU you're going to graduate with your bachelor's degree so whichever just whichever school makes more sense for you with your education and financially would be the best choice for you like just go for it and sometimes
1: the name isn't everything is there anything you'd like to add Chilla
2: Um, well, I just wanted to say, like, I definitely agree with everything you guys just said. Um. Uh, for me, personally, I wanted to go to UC because I knew they were, like, one of the top schools you wanted to go to, but um, we, I was a good student in middle school, and I was kind of in high school, but then, like, I kind of, like, gave up, <laughs> I guess, and uh, my grades didn't meet up meet up with the requirements for the UCs. So I got to CSU and that's where I'm going to. And I'm honestly not mad about it. Like I know I'm gonna get the same education. It's just the fact that I know I didn't meet my personal goal and like, I guess the goal that the teachers have given to me from a young age, you know? So I in a way I kind of felt like I failed not only myself, but them too. But like deep down, I know like, I'm getting some education. It's still a four-year college. I'm gonna be fine. You know, like I, I'm I'm it's okay.
0: Yeah, like you should definitely feel proud. You got into college. No matter what college it is, you got into a college. And just so that you guys know, um the listeners, uh, CSUs offer more majors and minors than UCs which I didn't know about. I thought it would be the other way around because how prestigious they are, uh, UCs. But no, CSUs offer more majors. So you should definitely look into what you want to major in or what you think you're interested in and what schools offer it because a lot of UCs don't offer it. But you can emph- uh, have an emphasis on it. Um, we can,
3: yeah, of course. Um, I was going to say, because I feel like, again, like, I know, I feel like it would be a little more hypocritical for me because I did, I did follow the name a bit when it came down to what schools I got into. Um, but I I, I just want to emphasize like how much it means to really look into what, like what you want to study. And it's okay if you don't know, but don't just follow the name blindly. I think that's why, that's how I ultimately made my decision to go to the school where I'm going to go to in the fall. Um, but like, for example, if you want to be a vet and you go into like UC Davis and UC Berkeley, even though UC Berkeley is like a more appealing name, once you like say it, like as your undergrad, um, it would be a better decision to go to the strongest, um, like vet track, which would be at UC Davis, like really just think about what you want to do. And also if you want to go into higher education and you feel like you did you're not ready to go to a uc or a csu or you didn't get into a uc it's okay like because by the end of it like not everyone's going to look at your undergrad and where you where you went to really undergrad is for you to enjoy it and learn as much as you can like be comfortable at the school where you're at and where you'll do best
0: yeah i'd like to reiterate what maria said like a lot of people after college you graduate a lot of people won't ask, what college did you go to? They just want to see how well you are as an em- as an employee now. They don't care for what school you go to. It's just for you to enjoy or whatever uh, they offer best fits you. And so going off of, the, going off of um, the UCs and CSUs, to be able to apply, they sometimes offer you fee waivers. And it's if your family has made um, under a certain amount of money uh, to receive four of uh, UC um, UC, and CSU's um, fee waivers for the applications. And if uh, you don't receive them or after if you want to apply to more UCs or CSUs, uh, it costs $70 for each application. And I have the picture of how much it cost for like the family size and family income to be able to receive a fee waiver. So a family of one, you have to make under $23,606 to be able to receive four fee, wai- fee waivers. So for me, for my family, I'm a family of five. So my dad, my dad is the main income. So my dad should have made under 56,758. Uh, to be able to receive the fee waivers which we weren't able to receive them because we live in the bay area my dad has to be able to make more than that to provide for my his family and our home and um fee waivers are for programs for u.s citizens permanent residents and applicants uh, for the who are eligible for the ab 540 benefits and that's for students who are undocumented and um This also determines your eligibility for EOP, which we're going to touch on later. And for many of us who live in the Bay Area, both our parents have full-time jobs, or at least one of them do, or the other parent has to do something else. Or sometimes our parents even have up to two jobs to be able to cover the cost of rent and other bills because how gentrified the Bay Area has become. So I feel as if the uh, fee waiver requirements are unfair to some areas like ours and i wanted to see how you guys feel about the requirements for the fee waivers and if you guys feel comfortable if were you guys eligible for the fee waivers
1: can i start i wanted to start real quick
4: um to me the fee waivers are i feel like an amazing opportunity to be able to not have to think about an extra cost especially with college the only thing that upsets me sometimes is just how unclear sometimes the line is because for me at least I did not get free waivers but my brother did but then when looking at financial aid his expected at the time the expect the estimated family contribution was higher for him than it was for me so it just didn't make sense and it didn't really align so to me it kind of was an annoying theme because at the time also a lot of times I mean it's not you know other people's fault because they don't control all of that but um, people telling me, oh, well, you got the SAT fee waiver, so you will get the four and four. So like, don't even worry about it. And I mean, we were still um, granted fee waivers from like different resources and just like being able to like get that extra support. But but imagining oh, these like, a lot of people saying, oh, you're gonna get them, you're gonna get them. Me already kind of making my list of which four and four I'm gonna apply to. And that's the thing, limiting yourself to four and four. I mean, there's so many more CSUs than just four. So that's, I mean, if that was the route that I was going to go, it was kind of, um, it would be complicated to try to figure out which four and four. And it still was complicated trying to figure out which four UCs and which four CSUs I wanted to go to. So just this whole, like, the fast flow, like figuring out how many, like, fee waivers you get and just, like, all this money thing, it gets very annoying. So everyone everyone knows how you feel so whenever you are going through the process so sometimes being able to like talk to whoever your senior seminar teacher is or any other outside resources can be very beneficial to be able to like better understand your circumstances and what you're eligible for or not eligible for can i go next
3: i so i am the oldest in the first generation household and as much as I had a lot of like extracurriculars to help out, I feel like because it was a COVID year and everything was online, one, I feel like I felt really alone. And I think because of that, I didn't use my resources as well if I, as I could have. That being said, the fee waivers were really frustrating uh, for me because I didn't qualify for any fee waivers because my parents quote unquote made too much money. But really it was that my parents had a small business. And that's really frustrating because it's not like my parents had that money to be able to pay for these $70 fee waivers. And so for a good chunk of time it was stressing out about would I be able to apply to all of the schools I wanted to. A lot of the schools I wanted to apply to were really competitive. So I had to have some safeties. But it was just this balance. That was really frustrating. Luckily, I was able to find resources and my my school helped me pay, and other programs helped me pay. And so that I think was the one thing that really helped me. Um, but yeah, it's really frustrating. And I what I would recommend if you're in that same situation, if you're lucky enough to go to a school like ours, which is East Palo Alto, or if you're attending, really talk to your teachers about especially like your senior seminar teachers or your college like career center um, counselor or your counselor in general, if you can. I know that could be like a little tough for some people, but really talk to them about your resources
1: because it's difficult to just do it on your own. Looks like it's my turn,
2: guys. So I actually did not know um, there was like requirements for the fee waiver and EOP and all that stuff. Um, I automatically thought since um, uh, since we are, because you know how some kids get like free lunch and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I
0: want. I sorry. I want to say they told me. I heard the exact same thing that if you yeah. receive of uh, free lunch, you would get roof fee waivers.
2: Yeah, and I know um a lot of uh students in our school do receive. So um like I was saying, since um I heard that we get free lunch, we will um, get the free waiver, and I've not seen anybody. From my school, from our school and EPA so far, pay for the lunch. So I, I automatically assumed we would all receive a waiver. So I did not know we had um, a requirement to meet. But um, in my household, my mom is actually the main provider. And um, I received the f- uh, fee waiver. Um the only issue I guess that I had with it was the fact that what kind of Duce touched on was that um, we were limited to only four schools. Um, for me, when it came to applying to UCs, uh, I kind of just choose schools that I know would probably consider me and maybe even waitlist me because I know that my grades weren't a, weren't the best. Because, you know, I, I kind of gave up. I didn't really give up, but I was just going through a lot of things. And I know that uh, my grades did not really show my academic potential. And I couldn't change that because they're already on my record. So I kind of already knew that I probably won't get accepted to any UCs. But I just applied it anyway just because you never know. When it came to CSUs, that's when I really had to think and really kind of study on like okay, like how are my grades? What is their acceptance rate? What are they offering for me that I can use and that it will benefit me? Um, when it came to that, that was really difficult for me because there was so, there was there's so many CSUs and some of them are prestigious. So I really had to think and lower my options down to only four, which I thought was really unfair in my opinion. But um. You know, if you guys do receive the fee waiver, which I hope you guys do, um, you know, take advantage of it. Like, even if you don't have the best grades, um, apply to any schools you can. Your dream schools, safety schools. I don't care any schools because you never know you actually might get in. Because I was surprised in the schools that I got into. I was like, damn, I made it. So you know, if that can to me that can happen to you guys. Thank you guys.
1: I also want to say. Um, yeah,
0: go ahead and uh, do your research on what schools you're going to apply to, especially if you receive a fee waivers. Um, and I also want to just say it's very unfair how the schools make you apply. Like they make you pay to apply and sometimes they make you pay to get rejected at the end because a lot of, yeah, it's not uncommon to get rejected from a school. So it's very unfair for schools to make you pay to apply. I just wanted to get that out there. And um, I wanted to touch on something someone said, and I forgot who, but it was about, I think Dulce is the one, it was very unfair for like schools to only give out four fee waivers. And I know that it changes every year how much the, the requirement is that you have to meet. But I think it's very unfair for the people of the Bay area. Like I said, we do have to work more often. and the school the, the schools also used my income because I am um, I work. So I, we also didn't meet the requirements because of my income. And yeah, it's just super unfair. And then I, from there, I want to go on to the EOP programs that uh, CSUs and some UCs, Offer and which stands for the Educational Opportunity Program. And for UCs, I'm gonna quote what it says. It provides assistance through mentorship, academic programs, finance assistance, counseling slash advising, and other uh, campus support services to those who are first-generation college students and or from low-income educationally disadvantaged backgrounds. And for CSUs, I'm going to quote what they say, and it's designs and ministers and supports programs that deliver access and retention services to historically low income and educationally disadvantaged students. So basically, for students in our area where our schools, where our middle schools were under resourced and like our high school, not super under resourced, but we could receive more money. Um and out of the 10 uh UCs, only Berkeley, Davis, Santa uh, Santa Barbara, and Santa Cruz have an EOP program. The rest do not. And all the CSUs have the EOP program. And to apply to the C- uh, to apply to the program with the CSU, it's an additional application to the already CSU application uh, where they ask you five questions and it's Um, The first question is like briefly describe your parents' economic background. Uh, Why would you like to attend college? Briefly discuss your academic background. And then you have to list your volunteer and extracurricular activities or work experience. And your fifth one is like any other information that you would like the EOP program to know. Um, And to apply with the UC, you 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 just have to check off in your application That you're interested in the program and your application your UC application will be sent to the uh, EOP program you just have to talk about you have to fill out more information about your parents backgrounds and I just wanted to ask you guys like how do you guys feel about the EOP program did you do you guys hear anything about past students who are part of the EOP program and did you guys apply
4: I can go first I did not apply because only because I just knew that I wasn't going to go to a CSU or UC, or at least the UCs that I did apply to. Um, I forgot that they have EOP because it was a very short like application or they're like just 250 characters, which is nothing. But what I have heard about EOP is just the amount of support that students get. And it's just another resource for you, especially in college for you to be able to receive. So I feel like it's a good opportunity for students, especially being, um, obviously it's your first year going into college. And as much as people can help you, it's not like having a support system in school to be able to actually give you like the most. And I mean, you will be in a group of students who are almost like you. So it'll be easy to try to connect
1: with them and um, for them to kind of help support you and you help support them.
2: okay my turn um personally um all I really knew about EOP was that it was good for you and it'll benefit you and that it would be a good resource to have if you think you're gonna um I guess need help with college you know like school and like maybe like some counseling you know that stuff um I know myself and I know that sometimes um I need help, but I don't like to ask for help. And since in college, this is going to be a new experience for me. I'm not really going to know who to ask um, for help. So I feel like EOP would very like benefit me. And I totally recommend it for anybody if you guys need it. Um, For me, I did apply only because um, I knew I was going to need all the help I can get, especially because this is going to be I guess my first time being out on my own and like, you know, like adulting and just, you know, becoming my own person. And this is like a big thing for me. And I feel like since I'm not used to being on my own and being away from family. And I don't know, I just feel like I really need any support that I can get. So I decided to, you know, apply for EOP and I got it. So can't wait to use that. I can go next.
3: Um, so like Dulce, I, I didn't apply to EOP for the uh, CSUs for a couple of reasons. One, I applied to a lot of colleges. And so the because the or at least my CSUs were more of my safety schools um, and the chances of me actually getting EOP because of the amount of uh, like what my EFC would be. I was more than likely not going to get accepted. And so that is why I didn't apply. I'm glad I didn't just because I ended up not going to a CSU and I wasn't really considering a CSU for a cool minute. So that was my take on the EOP. I did, however, apply to the UC EOP. I had gotten it at Berkeley. I'm not going to Berkeley though. So that is that is where I would have liked to have like more of like an application for EOP just because I felt like it would be a resource like I could better use. Um, that being said, if you're going to a CSU or if you're going to a UC and you have the opportunity to t- do and take EOP, I would do it. I think especially as a first generation low income student, really take all the resources you have use them to your advantage obviously if some are just too much and you don't need them like you don't have to use them but definitely I would like recommend trying to get EOP oh also some EOPs if you like get into their EOP they can advocate for you to get into schools so I would say I mean if you're planning to go to a CSU like, why not just apply to get extra help?
1: I, again, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, um, they. I've heard a lot of
0: the same things you guys have heard, that they do provide a lot of support for their first generation students. And I want to say again, um, uh, if you can apply to the EOP program, do it. Um, but you have to make sure you're, parents' income does fit the requirements. And sometimes they do make, um, sorry, sometimes they do make um, adjustments for students who are just above the, um, re- the income requirement because my parents didn't meet the income requirement that they had, which was like 56000 My dad made a little bit more than that. And I still was able to get into the EOP programs for the CSUs and UCs I didn't know which of school I wanted to go to so I applied to both and like they were saying always use the resources that you guys are offered in college because they can help out a lot and you're going to need any every resource you can because college is not like high school at all it's um different yes (laughs) and um the EOP program will help you throughout college not just the first year And with that, I wanted to talk about the FAFSA process that we had to go through, which none of us were prepared for. I feel like the FAFSA was something that hit us really hard and was super complicated. And so FAFSA stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. And it's an application for financial aid for college and for graduate school. And every year of college you have to send in your application, which consists of yours and your parents' assets. And it determines how much money a college will offer you in aid. And uh, I'm gonna quote what FAFSA says, it's your aid offered explains the type and amount of aid a college is offering you and your expected cost for the year. And with this, you will get your expected family contribution, your EFC. And which is what it sounds like. It's what the government thinks your parents are going to are going to contribute for your college expenses. Sorry, I was going to sneeze. Sorry. <laughs> and um, is there anything that you guys want to say about FAFSA or about your process with FASPA? Because I know that all of us, well, most of us had a, a hard,
1: hard process. Yeah, I feel like oh sorry Chela. I'm
4: just gonna say it um my parents or my dad filled it out twice. Um and even by the third time, he was still very comp it was for him it was very um complicated and just like he would just get annoyed with having to answer certain questions. So Make sure to take advantage of the workshops that EPA does and being able to fill out that FAFSA, get it done early because you do not want to be waiting. Um, I mean, Daisy can talk more about having to wait for um, FAFSA to like approve things, but just getting it done is a lengthy process and sometimes you're going to want to take a break, so You'll probably need, like, if anything, two days to just, like, get it done. Um, it's annoying. It has so many questions that you're just, like, what is going on? There, I know I've heard that they are going to shorten the, like, amount of questions that are asked. Don't know if that's a good or bad thing because they can't really truly get the whole gist of your, like, financial, like, situation. But, I mean the less amount of questions I feel like sometimes is the better because it's annoying and make sure that you fill it out every single year that you're in college because you need to fill it out every single year um also they have little information things make sure you look at the pictures and also read the
1: description of what they what they're like asking for because you don't want to fill it out incorrectly that's like about it
2: okay my turn um i was gonna say that uh filling out the fafsa was very difficult because i'm the one who filled it out for myself um my mother couldn't do it for me because she's never done this before i'm gonna be the first one in my family to actually go to college a four-year college and um so she didn't really know what to do so she kind of just handed me all her information and expected me to fill it out. Um, but it took her a while to get a hold of, her, of all of her information. So I kind of filled out FAFSA, I guess, midway into the deadline, which is fine because still got to prove everything on time. Um, it is very complicated, very difficult, especially if you're the one filling it out because I didn't know uh, what certain things were. So I kind of had to ask my older siblings, and ask the teachers for help. Um, I agree with say take advantage of your workshops um, because I feel they will be very useful if you're going to be the one filling it out. And if you're filling out with a parent, even better. Even better. Trust me. You do not want to do this by yourself. Um, I did not know that we had to fill out the FAFSA every year we went to college. I thought it was a one-time thing. But um, I just learned this recently, do it every year. So, guys, do it every year or you have to pay your full tuition. And trust me, if you don't have the money for it, I would set a reminder or something because you do not want to do that to yourself. You're going to be in-depth, I promise you.
1: FAFSA was horrible. It
3: was the worst part of the college process. And I don't mean to scare anyone. That is my experience. It was just really frustrating, at least for me, just because with FAFSA comes certain grants, which I know Daisy will talk about later. Um but I I was just really I was just really frustrated because again, I think living in the Bay Area, it gives you a a disadvantage. Um because I mean, as much as there's a lot of opportunities. It, it means that your parents don't always qualify for the financial aid that you need. So that was really frustrating. But I mean, as long as you have someone to help you and you use your resources, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but definitely try to use those resources because without, without them, I wouldn't have been able to fill out the FAFSA on my own.
0: Yeah. I'd like to agree with all these ladies, yeah. FAFSA, the process was different for me because uh, my parents don't have social security numbers. So I had to do my FAFSA different because you have to make a FAFSA ID uh, a couple of days before actually doing your FAFSA. And so you have to like send in your social security, you're sending your, your name, your phone name, and all these things about yourself and I couldn't do that with my parents because I couldn't put a social security uh, number for them so I had to mail in my parents signature so I would have to mail in my dad's signature every time I did FAFSA and every time I wanted to make an edit in the FAFSA um, application I'd have to send in my dad's signature again So in total, I had to send in my dad's signature three times. And uh, my FAFSA didn't get processed almost until the last day of the deadline. I would send it in and it would take about three to four weeks for my signature to get processed, especially in the beginning. Because, of course, everybody who is in the same situation as me is sending in the signatures. So I, uh, I do not stress this enough. Do it as soon as it opens, because if you're in the same situation as me, do it as soon as it opens, because you are going to have a headache every time you think about this and go to the workshops. I unfortunately could not go to the workshops because I work on the weekends, but I am lucky enough that I joined a um, college prep program, future grads where my mentor went through this whole process. She had gone to the workshop and she helped me do my FAFSA. And my FAFSA process, actually like inserting the information was not as hard because my parents don't own anything, which is, sounds sad, but it's not. Like we don't, we only really own a car and we don't own our home. We don't have any like, um, like properties, like I said, we don't own any um, um stocks, so we don't have money. So <laughs> it it's weird. The process is weird, but yeah, go to the workshops. And even if your parents are considered to make a lot of money, still do it because you will still receive money out of it. You will still receive financial aid out of it. So cannot stress this enough. Do your FAFSA right away. Go to the workshops, ask for all the help that you can receive. And to go on to that, after your your FAFSA process, uh, it can also determine um, uh, your EFC, like I said, and um, if you will receive Cal Grant A, B, or the PIL grant. And it's just, that's all determined about uh, on how much your parents make and how much you make. And with that, uh, we also have the DREAM Act, the California DREAM Act, which is FAFSA for students who are undocumented. And undocumented students can apply to the FAFSA, like I said, because the same thing with parents applies to the students. Like you cannot make a FAFSA ID if you don't have a um, social security number. And it's only offered to California students And it's a whole separate thing. It's a separate application, but it's similar to the FAFSA application. And what the DREAM Act says that it is, quoting it, the DREAM Act allows undocumented and non-resident students, U.S. citizens, and eligible non-citizens who qualify for non-resident exemption under Assembly Bill 540, AB 540, to receive certain types of financial aid, such as private scholarship funded through uh, public universities, state administered financial aid, university grants, community college fee waivers
1: and Cal grants. Um, And this is for students who are undocumented. Um, None of us applied to the DREAM Act. We all applied to
0: the FAFSA and So we can't really talk about how the process is, but we've also heard for people who did apply to the DREAM Act that it's a similar process to the FAFSA, but different. Um, So with this being towards the end of the episode, is there anything else that you guys like to say or any advice for students who are applying to UCs or CSUs
1: or the EOPs, any topics that we brought up today? I would say
3: not to stress out too much about your CSU application, just because um, really it's about filling out like information. Just make sure all of your information is okay. And I'd recommend to go over with like someone who's been through the process, whether that be like a teacher, an older friend, or like a family member, if you have, if like you have that, definitely. And I would say work on your. Um, work on your PIQs, so like the statements, because you have to write four, I'd work on them earlier. And then if you do end up working on them earlier, you can use them to apply to a lot of scholarships. And you can use it actually in a lot of like your private school applications. Really, I think PIQs are a great foundation to build off of what you have. Um, and like vice versa with like other applications but I would say like basically the information part is pretty easy like filling out your information your grades and stuff Um, and again use all of the resources you can especially like as a first-gen student and ask for help because the resources are there and like I as a first-generation student definitely appreciated them and wouldn't
1: wish it upon anyone to go on it through their on their own. Um, I would just
2: say um, not to stress on your application. I know um, the CSUs may be a lengthy process compared to the UC, but overall, it's low-key the same. Um, EOP, do it. Take advantage of any programs that will benefit you and help you in any way possible. Trust me, like you're going to want and maybe need it later in life. This is also EOPs for throughout your whole college year. So, you're going to have it with you no matter what. Um, When it comes to FAFSA, have your documents ready. um, So, make things easy for you. Join the workshops. It's going to help you. And that's it, you know. Live life. Have fun. You know. Apply to any colleges you want to. You're going to get into some college one way or another. Um, And, yeah.
4: I would say... I would second everything that was already said. Also kind of making sure you um, take that risk because especially with college now, um, especially after the pandemic, I feel like college is just like, just a system of applying and the requirements that colleges are going to start looking at are going to change. Um, So there are chances that these ideas of what are reached schools and target schools and just like these like terms that are put on like different colleges may change. And I mean, I feel like you can get, you can take that risk of just applying because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. Or the best thing that can happen is they're going to say yes. So, I mean, just take that risk. It's you'll, you'll be, I feel like if anything, you'll be happier later on being able to be like, well, I gave it a shot or I now have that like option because Having options, I think is, especially when trying to decide what school you want to go to is better than having no options.
1: Agreed.
4: Yeah. And then UCs and CSUs are just, they're amazing options as well, especially with just the aid, especially if you're from California, the aid you get from California itself, obviously again, with just meeting eligibility and just different requirements. It's amazing and it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, like what you guys all said. And I also want to tie it back to what Maria said. With the PIQs, the PIQs are part of the CSU application. They're the four, you get to choose out of eight questions, four questions that you want to answer and send off to with the CSU application. And yeah, those helped so much with scholarships and the personal statement that you have to do for private colleges. Um. Get those done, try to get those done, a draft done over the summer for junior year. Because as soon as you start senior year, they're expected to, they're already expecting you to have an answer or what questions that you're going to choose already for senior seminar. And just go to a college, honestly, just go to a college that you feel is best for you. It does not matter what, how prestigious how it's looked like the uh the reputation it has just go to school that you think best fits your major your personality your vibe and anything just go to that school because at the end of the day you're gonna be there for four years you're gonna you're paying to go there so just choose a school that best fits you or in or is in your pricing because i know a lot of schools the prices it's it's a lot but just apply to scholarships too as well because they're they're gonna help you out a lot so with this thank you guys for tuning in and i hope you made it to the end
1: thank you Bye. So